Welcome to the Bible study program known as Shi'ar Jashub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and today, the Church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, is pleased to bring you this next edition of the Heavenly Authority series. My husband is currently in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, in the account of David and Goliath. When we left off the sermon last time, Pastor Greg had read from verses 45 and 46, where David tells Goliath that he comes in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. And then David prophesies that the Lord will deliver Goliath into his hand, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he reads from Philippians chapter 2 at verse 9. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name, we come in the name of the Lord Jesus. John chapter 14 and verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, Jesus says, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son, that all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. Many of these things that come against us, we have, I said before, such a selfish outlook. We see how they affect us. And sometimes it's so easy to give up. The cause is mightier than us. Our problems are greater than us. Our problems and how they're resolved reflect to the world if there's a God in Israel. So forget about ourselves. We cannot give up for his namesake because he desires to let the world know that there is a God in Israel to bring glory onto the Father. When we come in the name of the Lord, we're displaying the Lord. When you see Paul, did Paul have trials and tribulations? Was he, was he bit by snakes? Was he shipwrecked? Was he beaten? Did they stone him to death? All those things happen, right? You can't say, well, he had, it was a piece of cake to be a Christian. But what is the sense you get? Even at the point when they behead him and he's run the race, there's been victory after victory after victory. Those pagans knew when the boy that falls out the window is raised to life, when the sorcerer comes against him and is blinded, and the lame are healed, that there is a God in Israel. 
and that this Messiah that he preaches, Jesus, is the Son of God. And those victories bring glory unto the Father. Paul was not intimidated. David was not intimidated. Too often, with the weak Christianity we're fed, we become intimidated. And there's no victory. We cannot look by sight, but as David, we must look by faith. And see something else he says here in this prophecy. He says that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, verse 47, then all this assembly shall know. It's going to go to all the earth and all this group over here. All this assembly shall know that the Lord Yahweh does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. All this assembly shall know. He doesn't do it man's way. God does not save like men save. He doesn't do it with overwhelming power, money, positions, numbers, size, strength, all the things that human beings are razzle-dazzled by. God's way is different than man's way. That's why sometimes we lose faith. You know, if you're waiting for things to happen the way the world feels secure, you'll never feel secure enough to do what God wants you to do. For the battle is the Lord's. It's not really our battle. We're suffering the battle, and we take it upon ourselves to say, oh, poor me, poor me. There's something more important going on here. There's a heavenly battle going on, and it's not really our battle. The battle is the Lord's. We just submit. But it's God's battle. God has to defend his name. We have to believe that God will defend his name and believe him like David for the victory. We have to remember the battle is the Lord's. If we remember that, that takes a lot of the worry away. It's his battle. He has to prove his name that all the earth might see. We just have to submit. Now, we have to move and we have to act as the Spirit leads. We can't be paralyzed with fear. David doesn't just stand there. We're going to see David actually runs in. So we're not talking about a passive and active faith that you just stand by and say, well, God will take care of it. God will take care of it. We have to submit ourselves to what he's doing. But the worry really comes out of it because once we know we're doing what's right, it's not our battle. The battle is the Lord's. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. All the things that Satan puts against us and comes against us in our life, really, it's the Lord's battle. And Zechariah 4.6 says, The word that was to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says who? The Lord of hosts. The battle is the Lord's. That's so true. And we have to submit ourselves. We're going to see we have to run into the battle, not just stay away or give up or, you know, hide. But the battle really is his. It's his name and it's his to win. And that takes a tremendous burden. That should lift a bolder burden away from our shoulders.
We recognize the battle. We recognize the enemy. We understand our responsibility. We know we need to act. But ultimately, the victory comes from God. He must, and we have to believe him for it, bring glory to his name. So if you're there saying, well, do I deserve this? Do I deserve this? Do I deserve this? He must bring victory to his name. It's more important than you deserving it. It's bringing victory and glory to his name that all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel and the battle is the Lord's. And there is power when you come in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he doesn't do things the way, you know, you think of the ultimate battle. How the Israelites looked for him to slay the Romans. Look how he won that battle. That battle on the cross against Satan, against sin, against human rebellion, against all the decay that comes in because of human rebellion. The Lord does not save, David said, the way Men say with sword and spear, he saved with a holy, perfect life that broke open the grave because death could not hold him and the victory was won on the cross. And we can't add to that, right? He did it. He accomplished it. And that's the only reason we have access to heaven because the Father gave the Son and in what the world thought was weakness and they despised. If you saved others, why don't you save yourself? And then the tomb opened up a few days later and there was nothing that could be said by them because it was the power of God. And what looked like weakness ended with a power that broke the chains of death which had never been done before. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what then? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. What a wonderful scripture. What can we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? He didn't spare his own son. He delivered him up for us all to win the ultimate battle. How shall he not with him also freely give us, freely give us, liberally give us all things? Let's go back to verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. So David runs. He takes his sling and he runs as quick, as speed, as efficiency. Then David put his hand in the bag. He took out a stone, the first stone. Remember, he has five of them, the first one. And he slung it, struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Quick, bam, 
Now, we've gone through how many verses here in chapter 17? With Goliath taunting day after day. Verse 48, David hurries and runs out towards him. Verse 49, grabs the stone, puts it in a sling, swirls it, throws it, hits Goliath in the head, and that's it, he's dead. Quiet. Finally quiet, he's shut up, he's dead. Can you imagine the hush, the gulp that goes over the Philistine camp? That fast. You know, they're waiting for a big struggle. You know, maybe Goliath stretches it out, torments him a little, pulls his arms apart or whatever. And before they're even close, David quickly dispatches and kills Goliath. Thank you for joining us today. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. We know it is terribly difficult to find the time to write in today's fast-paced world, but if you could find the time to drop us a postcard, your words of encouragement would be a real blessing. Our address is Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And as always, we welcome you to join us at our church service. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. May the Lord's presence overflow in your life as you serve Him.